Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Shopping without money. That's how these people in these cities view it. Shopping without money. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This uh, clip that I played you just before... CNN's chief law enforcement and intelligence analyst, John Miller. It's going up in cities where you have these policies and people realize this is just like shopping without money. It's unconscionable. It really is. But it's everything I described to you in my opening monologue, including the Batman analogy, which makes perfect sense. And where the hell is Batman right now, right? 855-839-1210 is the number. But I want to turn our attention to something disgraceful that Brown University did Here to talk about it with us is uh, Matt Lamb, associate editor at the College Fix. College Fix does great work, Matt. Hey, thanks for joining me. I got to tell you, one of my uh, favorite sites to go to is the College Fix. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. So the piece that I have here in my formerly uh, pangolin-stained fingers has to do with uh, one of the the biggest uh, low-life murderers in Philadelphia history. That, of course, is Mumia Abu-Jamal. The piece that you have here is that uh, Brown University is celebrating him. Tell us about it. So starting today, Brown University, which last year acquired the papers of uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal, whose real name is Wesley Cook. Um, starting today, they're holding a three-day symposium about mass incarceration, um, which is all centered around um, this cop murderer who killed a Philadelphia police officer um, about 40 years ago, whose name was Danny Faulkner. Um, but apparently, actually, I, just, I learned this earlier today, Temple University's criminal justice department is actually bringing people um to this symposium this weekend and they're going to get like a hotel and meals and all this, but this is, they're going to play his music that he wrote in prison. And it's part of the university called a fierce national debate about uh, racial injustice and the ethics of the death penalty. There's no debate over his guilt. Everybody knows that that he killed Officer Danny Faulkner. Uh, as you know, I mean, uh, his his widow, Maureen Faulkner, who's a great friend of mine personally in the show, she has come to Philadelphia every single time she's had a deal with Mumia back in court uh, because he, he, of course, keeps trying to appeal and, and it, it's still putting the Faulkner family through this this nightmare. Uh, but but yeah, there, there's this 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 folk movement behind him from from Ben and Jerry's to other people out there that actually believe he's just sort of an innocent victim. Everybody who studied this knows Mumia murdered Danny Faulkner. Everybody knows this. This is this is not this is not some some secret. Um, but for some reason, this myth persists that Mumia is is a victim here. Right. And so, you know, as I point out in my piece of the college fix, you know, I don't know what the two sides of the debate are, but there must be one side believes that it believes it's wrong to shoot police officers in the back multiple times. Um, and then those who think, quote, I shot the mother blanker and I hope the mother blanker dies, you know, is just a figure of speech. And this is what Jamal said. Um, and, and, you know, there, there are witnesses, there are more witnesses that put him at the scene of the crime shooting Danny Faulkner than than that 
that don't. Um, but, you know, they're going to host black Marxist Angela Davis, who, you know, found out a couple months ago that she's actually the granddaughter of a white slave owner. Uh, and there will be panels. And like I said, there'll be a public performance of original music. Um, but as I suggest in my piece, you know, maybe we could play the music from Faulkner's funeral to remind, you know, the professors and the activists who the real victim is, because it's not the cop murderer. But this is a, a big problem that I, I think really goes into something that I was talking about earlier in the show, which is the mindset of criminal justice majors in colleges. They become Larry Krasner's, you know, they, they become the George Soros funded prosecutors. They, they, they absorb all this crap. They absorb this nonsense and then they eventually get law degrees and then they eventually wind up working in district attorney's offices where they pursue the policies that they think for example, would help a guy like uh, Wesley Cook get out of prison. Absolutely. There was actually a a liberal prosecutor out of Virginia that let a uh, football player, I believe, out of jail. Um, and he later ended up um, assaulting and killing, I believe, believe uh, a cross-dressing gay man or something who was i won't get into the the, the details but you know they, they, they let these people out and i don't really understand why murderers are their cause you know there are, are their cause I, I perhaps would be you know i'm, I'm a little sympathetic to a 16 year old who's caught with a joint in their pocket um but I, I you know people who murder cops um who you know commit these violent crimes uh they really should not be the face of mass incarceration but this happens on universities uh, Chessa Bowden um, who you know was too liberal for San Francisco voters just got a nice new deal at University of California Berkeley's law school um, where he's going to direct their legal clinic and like you said train future attorneys and future district attorney and future district attorneys <clears throat> and I mean, we, we see this now. We see that George Soros is behind this mindset of getting these people elected to office and they, they are soft on, on people who go after the cops or soft on people who commit crimes. They're soft on all of this. The 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 Mumia issue is really, really personal to a lot of us around here. I mean, obviously, and, you know, you link to DanielFaulkner.org, which is I'm glad you do in your piece at the College Fix. Uh, the book Murdered by Mumia, which was co-authored by Maureen Faulkner and Michael Smirkanish, lays out in great detail everything there's there's no doubts there's no question i mean you know he murdered faulkner danny faulkner there's there, no one no one doubts this but yet the the myth per, persists among some very very progressive causes celebrities out there and 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 mumia has become this cause celeb and what what i i think infuriates me is actual evidence would would disprove that but they don't care about evidence and facts which kind of brings me to what we saw happen in philadelphia last night you know we saw people rioting in the streets looting stores looting stealing and they they don't believe anymore that there's going to be consequences to their actions and and really they're not wrong right because a lot of these prosecutors who sat there in law school and, and absorbed all this crap they don't believe in charging people for things like retail theft anymore they don't believe in charging people for quality of life crimes they're victims just like mumi is a victim absolutely and we know that when we prosecute those lower crimes right the broken windows policing that was so successful under giuliani in new york that we stop the larger crimes and you know in, in this case of course uh you know danny faulkner was was uh, white but in many times the victims end up being other minorities that you know they're they're the ones that ultimately end up getting killed when these people who steal liquor they're not they're not put in prison or they're not even prosecuted they're not put on probation then they end up going on to commit you know awful crimes and you know i guess in this case eventually then they get a special celebration at brown university of all places you know what's also frustrating about this is that mumia should be dead by now i mean he should he should have been executed he's not ever going to be executed obviously and yet when you read about this brown symposium this library exhibition to shed light on the experience and impact of incarceration you using him as the as the figurehead here for the three thousand people awaiting execution on america's death rows 
Mumia Abu-Jamal is not waiting for execution on death row. And that's the other problem here is that that scumbag agreed to not appeal anymore and to just let it all go if they would not execute him. And he's still, still trying to get out of prison today. So it's very deceptive of Brown to come out and suggest that 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 he's he's some sort of a, a figurehead in this movement here. There are people who are incarcerated in prison who uh, did not. They were nonviolent, you know, people who had drug possession, people who there's lots of stories like that i have no problem if they highlight that you know the 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 mom who uh, to make ends meet you know sold pot and now she's doing 30 years you want to talk about that fine why they highlight a cop killer who everybody knows is guilty as that's the guy you're going to use to highlight incarceration in america is just absolutely insulting to the memory of danny faulkner and and by the way to every cop in america Absolutely. And and one other thing I'll just point out that Brown University does is they sort of try to imply something. So they say that his death sentence was overturned, but his conviction was never overturned. Correct. Um, And, you know, and and I and and as you say, you know, it sounds like he, you know, he agreed as part of this deal. And I'll say that I personally sort of changed my opinion on the death penalty with Daryl Brooks and then reading other stories like this, that I think once the evidence is pretty strong and you've had your chance to appeal um, that, you know, I, I think that's going to be more effective if we applied it, uh, you know, very, very quickly. And then we wouldn't have to have these conversations about these, these people anymore. And, and so-called, you know, national debates uh, about, about quote, racial injustice. Well, it's an excellent piece. I'm glad you you pointed this out and you brought this to our attention, Matt Lamb, associate editor of thecollegefix.com. Brown University celebrates a cop killer. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know, just I I thought I couldn't be fired up enough today, but now I'm really, really fired up. And I want to thank Lou C39 on Twitter for this. You You know, Matt DeSantis, I've long said that my ideas are stolen all the freaking time. Have I not said that? Uh, You have said it, yes. We are approaching, I want to make a point, October 3rd will be our one-year anniversary of the triumphant return to Afternoon Drive. In the year, we are are closing in on 2 million podcast downloads. 2 million in a year. That's pretty good. That's very good. No, it's damn good, DeSantis. Show a little enthusiasm. <laughs> it's okay, I guess. I'm, I'm okay, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with them. Two million in a year? That's very good. Very, very good. Okay. But what happens is people listen and they steal my ideas. So how long ago did I come up with Cocaine White House do- Dogs as my movie? Oh, months ago. Months ago. I literally have it in my Twitter bio. In my Twitter bio, it says... Uh, afternoons three to seven on philadelphia's talk radio 1210 wphd filmmaker behind quote cocaine white house dogs that was my movie i talked about it months ago i mentioned it yesterday glenn beck knows better because he used to be on this radio station years ago so he knows better and he once said philly sucks well he just tweeted out 26 minutes ago Nobody thought to check the West Wing cocaine bag for paw prints. And he puts a link to a poster, Cocaine Commander, inspired by true events. Secret Service beware. I should sue Glenn Beck. That seems like theft to me. That's intellectual property theft right there. You must listen to the podcast. Somebody listens, that's for damn sure. Unbelievable unbelievable i told you yesterday you have to keep some of these ideas to yourself because i think you you had a tv show idea the other day you blabbed it to the entire world now i'm sure somebody is pitching it to uh to tv executives at nbc yeah my tv idea was my my psycho x (laughs) your dating show yeah yeah it's a dating show (laughs) where everybody presents their psycho x and then somebody has to be stuck dating one of the psycho x's so it's like a reverse dating show. Well, I guess you don't want to get picked. It's, you know? it's coming to a network soon. I'm almost certain of it. It's going to be huge. Cocaine White House Dogs, which is a sequel to Cocaine Bear and Cocaine Shark, is going to be huge. It's still coming out this summer. I just have to write it, produce it, edit it. But now I need to copyright it, too, apparently. Also, what the hell is Cocaine Shark? Oh, that's a real thing. They did this thing on, they're coming out with this cocaine, I think cocaine great white shark or something. They For Shark Week, they had all these sharks 
and they had boats, you know, where they, because what happens is like when the Coast Guard or the Navy intercepts drug dealers, mm-hmm. they'll just toss the cocaine overboard. Makes sense. And, right. And what happens is the, the sharks eat it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is true. The sharks no eat the cocaine, and they all go freaking crazy. You don't believe that, but a, a bear ate cocaine, and you believe that? Yeah, that, that made sense to me. But not a shark. That hap- but it all happened. It's all true. It's not like it's one or the other. It's yeah. all true. But he's choosing to believe that one animal can ingest cocaine by chance, but not the other one. I'm thinking the sharks probably don't ingest very much cocaine. No. The bear, that may- that makes more sense to me. Well, I don't know about that. The great white sharks eat the cocaine and then they go freaking crazy. And we're going to need a bigger boat. But it's still not nearly as impactful as cocaine White House dogs about Major and Commander who did Hunter's cocaine and then started biting Secret Service agents. It's my movie, Glenn Beck. Don't steal my movie. Don't steal my movie, Beck. (laughs) You got to stop talking about it. More people are going to hear about it. Uh, You're going to lose it. It's going to be gone. It's very frustrating to me. All right, 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. I want to just play that clip again of uh, John Miller from CNN, the chief law enforcement and intelligence analyst. I think it's excellent uh, in the context of what's happening in these Democrat-run cities because they're not prosecuting retail theft. Cut number four. Interestingly, they did a survey of stores, the Retail Federation, uh, in 22 that said, uh, 81% of their store associates feel that the people stealing are becoming more violent and aggressive when mm-hmm. confronted. And 54% of them feel that this bail reform where they have shoplifters telling them there's nothing you can do and I'm, and I'm not going to jail is a factor there. So is it going up as dramatically as some of these stories portray? If you look at it nationally, that's a harder statistic to grapple with. But if you look at where it's going up significantly, it's going up in cities uh, where you have these policies and people who realize this is just like shopping without money. This is just like shopping without money. You cannot make this up. You really cannot make this up. It's just, it, it, it's absolutely insane. But this is where we are. And th- th- this is the direct result of the policies of Democrat-run cities, and it's on purpose. It is on purpose. Look, realize something now, okay? If you get food stamps or WIC or whatever it's called with the idea being that you have to use that for certain things, okay? And, you, and you're not supposed to buy booze with it. You're not supposed to buy TVs with it. You're supposed to be able to feed your kids with it. But you don't want to feed your kids with it. You you want to use money for other purposes, but you can't. So then what do you do? Well, you don't use that for, for that purpose. You steal things and then you sell them. And that's exactly what John Miller's talking about. It has become, retail theft has become an industry now where people go into these stores and steal things and then sell them to people and then what happens is you, 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 you have a situation where you've created this mindset where people who might actually need help, you know, the mom who really for a short time needs to be able to feed her kids. Now, suddenly you've gotten rid of that because people become entitled to things are free. Things are free. I don't have to, I don't have to pay for those things. But why, why is it I can only buy those things? Why can't I buy this? And they get angry about it and they get frustrated about it. But that's the whole point. It is convincing people that they are entitled to these things. That's the problem with entitlements. It's why the word entitlements is such a problem. You're not entitled to anything in life. Nothing. No, I know that that sounds cruel and harsh, but it's reality. You're not entitled to a damn thing. But if you convince people you are entitled to things, then the next question is, why am I not entitled to that? And then people turn around and go, well, really, you should be. Why shouldn't you be? Why shouldn't you be able to have a TV? Why shouldn't you be able to have an iPhone? Why shouldn't you be able to have shoes? Why shouldn't you be able to have these things? All these various things. And not just shoes, but the Gucci's and the whatever. Then that becomes also the mindset. And then you have politicians who literally espouse this crap. And they espouse this crap from city councils, from mayoral offices, and from district attorney's offices. And they believe this. They do believe it. So if somebody goes in and steals a television, that why shouldn't they be able to have that television? Why should they just be why should they just have to limit it to bread and milk and formula and diapers? Why? 
Why should why should they not be able to get that as well? And they believe this. And it's happening in Democrat cities because they have allowed retail theft up to $1,000 to become the norm. TVs are a couple hundred bucks these days. Think about it. TVs are a couple hundred bucks. So why can't you steal a television? The only, the only thing that's stopping you is it's too big. But then when you loot, well, then you don't have to worry about that. Because now you don't have to worry about getting it through the door. You get it through the broken window. See what I mean? But it's the same entitlement mindset that is created here. Same thing. Sure, maybe I can't put a television under my jacket, but at the very same time, if I were to be able to convince you know, my friends to help me distract the clerk or the clerk's in on it and I walk out with the TV and the cops come, they can't do anything. I haven't broken the $1,000 threshold. I'm not going to jail. I stole a flat-inch television and I still have not actually really broken the law. But if you can just loot, because, because there was, there was a, uh, as, as the mayor or the district attorney says, racial injustice, and there's going to be protests, and now you can take advantage of that because there's going to be looting going on, you don't have to worry about distracting the clerk. You just walk in and take it. Walk in and take it. And then whatever other entitlements you have, whatever other social safety net services that are there, supposedly there to help you and your family, you can use that stuff for other things. Or you can buy things with that and resell it, which also happens. You could do lots of different things with it. But it's, it's all about the mindset. It's exactly the same mindset. When you, when you have a country that believes that they are, when people are entitled to things, that they can get without having to work for them, that's the problem. That's the problem right there. And it's the same mindset when you have people, when you have people who believe that, $1,000 in stolen retail theft is not actually a crime. Think about that. You have destroyed private property rights in the United States of America. That television belongs to somebody. A loaf of bread belongs to somebody. It belongs to somebody else. But if you destroy that mindset, you destroy capitalism, you destroy America. America cannot exist without private property rights. It cannot. It is one of the fundamental hallmarks of liberty. Private property rights, which is something that the left absolutely hates. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. All right, listen, here's the deal. Uh, we are, it's fall now. It's great. We're red October's here. Before you know it, holiday time. You're going to be bulking up, putting on the pounds, all the tailgates, all watching the games and everything. The question is, do you really want to lose weight by taking shots the rest of your life? If the answer is no, then you're making a good choice because you don't want to do that. Shots, pills, hormones, all that stuff, not good for the rest of your life. What you want to do is you want to do it the right way, the guaranteed way, the NJ diet way. NJ diet works. It's contractually guaranteed weight loss of 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days time. Plus, you actually learn the right way to eat and you learn the the strategies to keep the weight off. So it is a life-changing program, <clears throat> but it's all natural, excuse me. There's no surgery, no hormones, no shots, no prepackaged foods which taste awful, just real weight loss. And there is a NJ diet near you. Princeton, King of Prussia, Cherry Hill, Newark, Delaware, or online with live online video consultations at njdiet.com. Call them today at 855-5-NJ-DIET. You will lose the weight guaranteed, and you'll feel great just as everybody's putting on the pounds around the holidays without shots, without hormones, without any of that nonsense. 855-5-NJ-DIET or njdiet.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Shopping without money. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in today. Are you planning to watch the debate tonight? And uh, what are you expecting? I told you I think it's uh, DeSantis' last chance to really prove to the element of the Republican Party that wants to stop Donald Trump that he's their guy. After tonight, if he doesn't if he doesn't do that, I think they start going candidate shopping is my my sense of it. Um, Trump's lead is just it's just so insurmountable at this point. I don't I don't see how anybody can surpass it i really don't i think the political reality is just that he's going to be the nominee i've been telling you that for a while but um but there are some people who will not accept that within the republican party they're still going to try to push for somebody else i also want to mention this too you know when i when i look at uh the news of the day today I, i sometimes think to myself how is it that the central intelligence agency the deep state can be just so brazen but they are they really are and they don't care they just don't care about liberty. They don't care about protecting the Constitution in any way, shape, or form. The post-millennial had this story. The CIA is using artificial intelligence to sift through an avalanche of public information. The move comes as the CIA and other government entities seek to harness the power of AI and compete with China. So members of the CIA have revealed that it will be rolling out a feature similar to OpenAI's well-known ChatGPT. The CIA's open source enterprise division is set to provide intelligence agencies with the AI tool in short order. Quote, we've gone from newspapers and radio to newspapers and television to newspapers and cable television to basic Internet to big data. And it just keeps going, said Randy Nixon, the division's director. We have to find the needles in the needle field. The push for the CIA to more easily access large troves of data is part of a larger government campaign to utilize the power of artificial intelligence in order to properly compete with China. While the CIA claims the data is entirely publicly and commercially available, the agency did not specify how it plans to stop information from pouring into the open Internet. They say the agency is diligent about adhering to U.S. privacy laws. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I have no doubts about that. Despite this, some still remain concerned about potential privacy violations. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence has voiced concerns about intelligence groups such as the CIA morphing into largely unregulated commercial marketplaces that can acquire troves of private data about people, including physical locations pulled from their mobile devices. This is where you get into the real issue of the Fourth Amendment. And what the government is doing right now is it's arguing that basically if the it's it's the uh, if something's out in public, you know, if they can see it. Well, then they don't need a warrant. It's that same mindset. Right. So if it's out there on the Internet and they can trove through it and get it, well, then they don't need a warrant so they can they can get whatever information is, is, is open source, so to speak. And they can compile whatever they need and they can they can have it at the push of a button. They can know everything about you at the push of a button. And they don't need a warrant to go into your private life because it's already out there publicly accessible. No different than if they looked through a window and they saw, a, you know, an Uzi sitting on the counter. And they're, well, it's in plain sight. So, you know, I can see it. So there we go. That's their mindset with this. And it's very, very, very destructive to liberty. But there's no stopping them at this point. They're already doing it. 
they believe that if if something about you is online, they have every right to get it and they have every right to use it, read it, store about it, whatever, keep it, whatever they got to do, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not like they're going to go to a judge and say, Your Honor, we want to learn more about this person because we have the following reasons to believe they might be guilty of a crime. And so we'd like permission to do a Google search on them. They just do it. They just do the looking. And then if they need a warrant for something else, then down the line, they do it. They go and get that. The AI tool will give the user the ability to view the original source of any given information they may access. And that utilizing a chat feature is a key part of getting intelligence to be disseminated more quickly. That you can take it to the next level and start chatting and asking questions of the machines to give you answers. Our collection can just continue to grow and grow with no limitations other than how much things cost. As if that's ever a limitation for the federal government, right? The new AI tool will be given to the entire eight-agency U.S. intelligence community. With the CIA, the National Security Agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and numerous branches of the military, all among those who are allowed access. What could possibly go wrong, right? This also comes as a story that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that by law, of course, secretly went to CIA headquarters to influence the COVID-19 origins probe. According to the House Select Subcommittee on the Origins of the Coronavirus Pandemic, they had um, every effort was undertaken to make sure that nobody thought that the virus came from the lab and everybody thought it came from an undercooked bat burger. So they brought in these analysts and the CIA paid them to say that it came from zoonotic transmission. And Fauci was brought to the CIA. And the question is, according to a whistleblower, that the information provided suggested Fauci was escorted into the CIA headquarters without a record of entry and participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review of COVID-19 in the early days of the pandemic. The data Fauci's alleged off-the-books visit to CIA headquarters in Langley is not mentioned in the letter to the HHS Inspector General. But he says, the chairman of the committee, Brett Wenstrup, says the American people deserve the truth to know the origins of the virus and whether there was a concerted effort by public health authorities to suppress the lab leak theory for political or national security purposes. Well, of course there was. Of course, of course, they absolutely cover this up. And I have two theories on this. Theory number one, China deliberately let this virus escape from the lab. It wasn't it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a, an accidental lab leak. It was an intentional lab leak. And they did it because they wanted to bring down Trump's presidency. That's theory number one. Theory number two is that. Okay, the virus got out of a lab, but it was accidental, but they all know that they created it and paid for it, so they wanted to cover their tracks because the gain-of-function gravy train has to keep on running. Either way, it's incredibly problematic that our government took steps to cover for China. Either way, it's incredibly, incredibly disconcerting that, that our government took steps to mislead the American people into believing that COVID-19 came from an undercooked bat burger and not from the Wuhan lab. Either way, no matter how you look at it, it is incredibly troubling. And there's a cover-up going on, still going on, or, or surrounding all of this. And why would the CIA give a damn about where COVID-19 came from if not for the fact that there were deep state forces within the CIA? And we know this because of the people who were behind the letter around the Hunter Biden laptop that originated from the CIA to get those 51 former national intelligence officials to all collaborate on the letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinfo. Was the CIA working to bring down Trump? Was that the reason why uh, they took such efforts to say that this virus did not come from a lab? Why else would the CIA care about covering up for China? See what I mean? Or was it that this was absolutely a bioweapon and it was made by the United States of America in the Wuhan lab and they wanted to cover their tracks on that? Either way, we got to get to the truth of this. No question about it. Coming up, the feds are going after Amazon.com. But why? What is their motivation? We're going to talk to a very, very prominent legal mind, a person that you know quite well, Robert Bork Jr. He's got a new piece on this. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Just an FYI, I just saw on Twitter that Steve Keeley 
just posted that I guess police are looking right now, possibly they're hearing reports on social media uh, that there's going to be more trouble tonight. So I just retweeted that and they have uh, cops on bikes in Center City going around by uh, let's see if I can find the tweet here. Yeah, lots of Philly police officers and Philadelphia sheriff's deputies on guard and on bikes circling the Center City Philadelphia Mall, the fashion district. Police saw on social media posts trouble planned and that's why they're on guard for anything that may be trouble here the day after the looting that occurred. Uh, we'll talk more about that, obviously, but I want to welcome back to the show Robert Bork Jr. He is, of course, a very accomplished legal mind himself and the author of uh, a number of different books. He's president of the Antitrust Education Project and president of the Bork Communication Group. Uh, thanks for joining me here today, uh, Mr. Bork. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Absolutely. So your latest piece over at RealClearPolitics.com, will Khan break Amazon or will her lawsuit break her? And we're ta- of course, we're talking about the, uh, the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, who is now going after Amazon.com in an antitrust case. And uh, you asked this important question because uh, you, you see that this was something she's been planning to do for quite some time, huh? Well, uh, Amazon is Lena Khan's white whale. Okay, I mean, she she's been after Amazon for years Uh, when she in fact, she made her made her name writing an article for the Yale Law Review when she was a law student uh, attacking Amazon uh, as a uh, antitrust uh, as a monopoly. And uh, that brought her to the attention of people in Washington. And so uh, when the Biden administration, when Joe Biden became president, uh, pushed by Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, uh, they made her, uh, they nominated her for the FTC. And then quite as a surprise, when she was confirmed as a, just a commissioner, they made her the chair. Uh, and uh, and she has been come, going after alleged monopolists. She's basically going after big business in general. And any deal, any merger, any acquisition has come, uh, you know, into her the crosshairs uh, of her uh, of her agency. And uh, and Amazon is is the big one, as we we say. It's 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 the white whale for her. And what what's the argument here that that would make Amazon you know, you know the, the guilty of this? I mean, I, I like Amazon. I think a lot of Prime customers <clears throat> do. There's there's a lot they offer, but I also don't have to use Amazon. There's there's other options for me out there. So, well, what is the argument yeah. here that Amazon is some sort of a monopoly? Well, uh, it's big. Uh, there you go. It's there you big. go. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> Uh, it, you know, one one, you know, it's it's so big that well, you might think it was a monopoly. But the question is really how you define what a monopoly is. What markets are you talking about? Is it in terms of online uh, retailers? Well, it's it's pretty darn big. Uh, is it in terms of retailers in general? Uh, you know, it's got a lot of competition uh, from uh, Walmart and Target and others. In fact, you mentioned uh, you like them. Uh, well, uh, the uh, polling shows. Amazon is second only to the U.S. military in terms of the most trusted uh, uh, institution in America. Wow. So, you know, pe- people like them and and their prices, you know, she goes on about how they're raising prices and and uh, and and hurting consumers. But the research shows that uh, their prices are 13 percent lower than the other 12 major retailers. So I think that it's going to be a hard case for the uh, uh, FTC to, to win. But winning may not be what they're about. This is, this is the, uh, trick, the trick of this whole thing, the, the secret card trick here. Um, you know, she loses, and she's been losing lots of cases. She brings lots of cases. She's been losing lots of cases because the law is not on her side. The law which puts uh, the consumer welfare standard, which puts the consumer first, it's hard to win if you just want to say everything is uh, everything. Every 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 company is um, hurting consumers. You have to prove it, and they can't. So, the, so what's going to happen? I think is uh, she uh, may very well lose this case. Now, of course, there will be an appeal to the Ninth Circuit. Uh, she very cleverly brought it in Seattle, where all the federal judges, all the sitting federal judges, active federal judges in Seattle, are all Biden appointees. So one of them will get it, um, and they all none of them have antitrust experience. They're all sort of ACLU types, and um, 
So they may very well win at the trial level. Then they'll go to the appellate level, and they will probably win there because the Ninth Circuit is the most liberal uh, appellate uh, court in the country. And then they'll end up going to the Supreme Court. This is going to go on for years. It's probably going to go on after she's gone from the FTC. Um, but you never know what's going to happen there. But it seems but like... The- again, she... To answer your question, I'm sorry, because I wandered off. The, her, her allegation is that they're, they're raising prices. They're abusive to sellers um, who, of course, uh, actually do very well selling on Amazon. Hell, I sell on Amazon. Uh, I, I have my father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, is selling on Amazon. So it's doing very well there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's fine for me. And I think a lot of sellers feel the same way. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine for me, too. I But I, but I, I think it, it kind of reminds me of what you're describing here, Robert Bork Jr., is it's the, the you know, the process is the punishment. I mean, whether or not they she actually wins is not really the point, right? It's to put Amazon through this and to make a point about it. And it just seems a very radical agenda yeah. that is that is very much about this FTC. Well, yeah, and, and, and I didn't quite finish that point. And uh, if they lose, then then she goes to Congress and said, hey, listen. We have to change the law. And in fact, they've been trying to change the law the last two years, antitrust law the last two years in, in Congress, because they had a Democrat uh, Senate, and um, uh, they weren't able to, they really weren't able to get anything done, even with some Republican help. Uh, they weren't able to change the law. But the reason they want to change the law in, 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 in Congress is the, the consumer welfare standard, which has been the operating system for antitrust enforcement for the last 45 years since my father wrote the book, The Antitrust Paradox. Uh, it was, was a creation of the Supreme Court. They read his book. It was some, somebody quoted him, cited him in, a, in a, an antitrust case in 1979, a year after the book came out, and it, they adopted his thinking about the Consumer Welfare Center, that the, the consumer should be the center of, of antitrust. So they hate that over at the FTC and at the current DOJ antitrust division um, because it doesn't allow them to have the kind of control uh, that they would like. They would like to be able to control business. They would like to be able to fossilize capitalism. They would like to be able to layer on more and more regulations and, 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 uh, and, and stifle uh, business activity, but they can't do it. So, the, so if she loses, as she has been losing, that becomes suddenly the secret argument to go, hey, uh, you know, Senate, House of Representatives, uh, we, we need to change the law, and only you can do that. So I think I think she has a, it's a two tier strategy. Win it, win if you can, stop you know and stop deals if you can, but if you can't, then go to Congress and say, look, we have to change the law. And it's, uh, it's really a bad thing. And and tell us about Jonathan Cantor, who's the head of the Department of Justice Antitrust Division. You you wrote another piece recently about this as well, uh, about what he's yeah. doing advancing a radical agenda. Yes. Well, uh, Jonathan Cantor has the great uh, the great advantage of letting Lena Khan be you know, front and center and be the pinata for all of all of us uh, commentators out there and all the people who are very concerned about what's going on because she she just seems to draw the fire and he sits quietly in the background bringing cases and right now he's suing Google to break them up. Um, so, uh, but but he himself is is no he's no he's no moderate. He's just a, a better better at keeping his head down and better at, uh, uh, you know, not, not appearing to be a radical, but he's pretty radical. Uh, and, of course, he has this enormous conflict of interest. Uh, for years, he, before, he was not, before he was confirmed to this job as the head of the antitrust division, he was, uh, in private practice, suing Google and suing, uh, you know, uh, the big tech companies for, for smaller competitors uh, and, and others. Uh, and making millions of dollars doing that. And then he comes into office and he sues Google. And so Google's even tried to get him thrown off the case, you know, that he couldn't, he can't actually, he has to disqualify himself. That hasn't been able to, that hasn't happened. But, uh, you know, he, he's, it's clear that he has a conflict of interest. Uh, and so does, you know, on the Amazon case, so does uh, Lena Khan, because that's been, as they say, her, her white whale since she was in the law school. Uh, and, and there's some, you know, feeling that she really shouldn't be front and center in this because in the, in the FTC, unlike the Justice Department, in the FTC, she's, she can also be the judge. Uh, you know, when they, they, you know, if they bring a case, uh, uh, they can also then, as, as the commission, uh, 
you know, vote to bring the case, which they did. And then if the case, if they try the case themselves through the administrative law process, then she can be the judge in the case as well. So she can be prosecutor and judge. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, antitrust is a messy business. And a lot of people don't understand how important it is. You know, for the last 45 years, this consumer welfare standard has really been a contributor to the enormous economic growth that this country has had. Uh, it's been a contributor to innovation. You know, all these companies like Google and Amazon and others are all, you know, creations of the last 45 years, really, you know, last 25, 30 years. And, um, and I think the consumer welfare standard, which was my father's great offering in the law, um, what has made it possible for, for this growth, for this innovation, it creates, created millions of jobs. It's created enormous wealth, which goes into pension funds and things like that. So uh, sometimes a head scratcher why these guys in Washington now want to bring them down. Uh, but again, they don't like any, any, uh, any power centers other than the government. Uh, and if uh, the company's too powerful, uh, they're going to go after it. And that's what I think is happening now. Well said. Well said. Robert Bork Jr. is my guest. He's president of the Antitrust Education Project and president of the Bork Communication Group. Uh, the Antitrust Education Project, which I, I'm on your website and I, and I, and I see why, why you have it. I think for a lot of people, they don't think about what antitrust is. And I don't think they, they think about that this this idea of, of the government going in and busting monopolies. Like we all think about Standard Oil, you know, the, the examples we learned about in college or high school or something like that. But I mean, what is a what really is the, the purpose of the AEP from your perspective? I mean, what, what are you trying to accomplish here in terms of um, well, letting people the understand what the, the name. we're are. trying to educate we're trying to educate people about antitrust law and uh, unfortunately you know we're, we're stuck with the name antitrust antitrust refers to the time in u.s history when businesses a lot of you know, big corporations were organized into trusts into legal trusts mm-hmm. so the standard oil trust and other other such things um and so the laws were passed 1890 is is uh, the sherman act that was the first one uh, and, uh, you, you know, so, uh, but really I think people should think about it in terms of competition law now and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the law for many years was applied to protect competitors from each other. And, uh, and that led oftentimes to inefficient uh, competitors being protected from more efficient competitors um, by 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 the uh, by the law by courts, particularly uh, uh, the Supreme Court back in the fifties, uh, sixties, and seventies, and um, so uh, what, what we really have now is uh, with my father's publication of Manager's Paradox in nineteen seventy eight. He he made the point, you know, what really makes sense is not that we should be protected. The law doesn't mean that we should be, competitors should be protected from each other. It means that we should protect competition, and we should but we should protect the consumer. The consumer should be the center of what antitrust law is all about. If the consumer is harmed, go after them, bust them up. If that's what's going on. Break, you know, stop the deal. Uh, and one of the ways you measure that, of course, is price. But you also measure in terms of quality and, and service and other and other uh, measurements like that. But if, if it's not being, if, if if the consumer is not being harmed, then the deal should go forward. And of course, in in, in the modern world now, in which we live. That often leads to large companies, big box stores, big corporations. You know, the mom and pop grocery store just doesn't cut it anymore because it can't compete. And of course, because it's smaller, it can't get the it can't get the scale, the economic scale. So therefore, uh, it, uh, it you know it offers higher price. And when when you look at this action, big. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, you finish. I was just going to ask you when you when you look at this action in particular, is this going to hurt me as a consumer? When when the FTC goes after Amazon, it has the potential to hurt Amazon, but it also has the potential to hurt me as a consumer, right? Yes, I, I think so. Now I don't think this, you'll see this right away, but if they win, I mean, what they're really about is they're going to end up breaking Prime. So uh, you know, and so therefore, if there's no Prime anymore, no Prime service with one to two day shipping because the FTC thinks that's somehow uh, anti-competitive, uh, then they'll, they'll force uh, Amazon uh, sellers to use 
uh, you know, slower and less reliable logistical services. Um, the, you know, the, the bundle of shipping and video and music and other things that you get with your Prime membership will be broken up and you won't be able to get that. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of lower prices, well, all that will cost more. And it'll make it, um, Amazon will have to charge um, customers more because of the added cost being put on uh, by this, uh, you know, as a result of this lawsuit. So I think you'll see that uh, actually consumers will not benefit if the FTC wins. Um, but the FTC will be, you know, gloating and happy because they've managed to uh, kneecap a major U.S., uh, you know, big tech corporation. Well said. Well, listen, I appreciate you fighting the good fight here. And thank you for making the time to join us today. The website is antitrusteducationproject.org. Robert Bork Jr., we have uh, tremendous respect for you. Of course, uh, your dad is uh, one of our true heroes. Thanks so much for making the time today here in Philadelphia. We appreciate it. I've enjoyed it very much. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.